I want to welcome everyone joining us online today. And those of you that are sitting in the congregation, your pleasant face, I appreciate. I welcome you also. Today is a good day to serve the Lord. And I know it might be possible that saints in, in Vasai, um, saints in South Africa, uh, saints in various parts of the United States are joining us in this service today. And I pray that as we go through this service that God will strengthen your faith. Amen. It's one thing to have church. It's uh, one thing to sing choruses. It's one thing to worship, as we say, in a worship service. It's not a thing to please God in whatever we do. Someone says there are many streams that lead to one ocean. And that is true. And there are many oceans. And if we're to check every and calculate and number every stream that lead into the various oceans, and we think that's religion, we will be one confused bunch of people. Jesus said, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And has there ever been a grace of God that the devil has not undermined and perverted? Paul made a statement when he was writing to the churches of Galatia. And he made a statement like this. And these were all churches the Apostle Paul started. And we have heard this so many times that it, is, it can become common to us. You listening to me today, whether in this local church or online, your responsibility starts from the time you hear the word of God given to you. What you do with it, that's your responsibility. When you visit a doctor, what he tells you, that's one thing. What you do with his advice, it is your responsibility. He can prescribe the best of drugs and medication for you, but you need to follow the, the directions on the prescription bottle, and if follow it as they say, it should be followed. I'm standing here talking to you, and I have, I'm not a spring chicken, and I'll be saying a lot of this until my time that I'll not be here anymore. But um, as we move ahead, our in medication increases. We take blood pressure medication. We take, I take blood pressure medication. I take thyroid medication. I take cholesterol medication. I take medication for diabetes. Right? Type 2. Um, on top of that, I take vitamins. Every other day, I take a multivitamin. I take vitamin D, 3,000 milligrams every day. I take some zinc, 
magnesium, I take potassium, I space it out so I'm not taking too many things at one day. Do you know, after many, many years of suffering from allergy, I went one day to the pharmacy to pick up my medication and I asked, off the counter, and I asked the young lady, I said, where do you have your, uh, there was a particular allergy medication I was taking. I said, Eltor 120. She says, oh, we get that, we have that at the back of the counter. You have to ask the pharmacist and he'll give you. She says, do you take, here's a young attendant in the pharmacy. She said, do you take a lot of medication, um, drug, um, vitamins like this? I said, yes. And I take allergy, I take Allegra at that time, many years ago. I said, take Allegra, but I have to take Elter 120, which controls my decongestant, right? Allegra controls the allergies. She says, do you have blood pressure? I said, well, right now this morning, it's not very nice. It's up there. She said, that's because you're taking a decongestant. Mm -hmm. I said, is that so? She said, when you take a decongestant, it increases your blood pressure. I said, okay, anything else you're going to tell me? She says, when do you take your decongestant? I said, early in the morning. She said, with what? I said, a nice cup of coffee or a cup of tea. She said, you got creamer inside? I said, yes. She said, that, that affects the allergy medication and it counteracts it and it makes it not workable. I said, I never knew that. I've been taking allergy medication for years. She said, these are things that you need to know. Why am I giving you here today a lesson on medication? Well, as much as it is important to take a cholesterol pill, what time of the day do you take it? That's important. What time of the day do you take your blood pressure medication? That's important. Do you take it with food? Do you take it with other vitamins? Some medications are, are affected by vitamins. And so a simple thing, buying something in the drugstore and popping it in to your mouth does not mean it will help you. Your body has a mechanism, a built-in resistance that if it's too much, it flushes it. Why am I saying all of that? I'm saying that if that is important in life, is serving God important? How we serve God, is that important? And it is my desire as a pastor that has pastored for many, many years that I'd like to make sure that we come to the place that we do the right things in church. And one of the things I don't like would not let myself do is have saints in the church advise me how to run the service. If you have the gall to come and tell me how to run the service, it means that God's talking to you. But you cannot judge what goes on in the world out there and bring that into this church. This church is the only of its sort in Ontario. You're one proud brother. Yes, I am. You're sure this is right? If I wasn't sure this is right, I would be gone and find another church. 
So when I stand behind this pulpit to preach to you and to talk to you, I don't know what I'll say until the service gets going. I've done this for over 35 years. You see me got a piece of paper? One side is the song list. The other side is announcements to be dealt with later. Before me is a Bible open up, and I have Galatians before me, the first chapter. Where I'm going from there, God knows. And because God has processed my life through many, many hardships, I've learned to trust him. I can't trace him. And a lot of times I talk to him. And now I find that as I get older, I was telling Chandra this morning she was not well. And she's never well. You're never well, right? No, she's never well. So I was telling her this morning when she came, knocked on my door, and she says, Dad, are you up? I said, yes. Uh, I was telling her that, uh, that I already prayed for her. Seriously prayed for her. And what time did you pray? As I get older, my schedule changes. I find I get up at 1.30. And why waste the time? Go down and pray. Uh, go down and pray at 1.30. I go to bed sometimes 9.30, 10 o'clock, depends. If you have to get in contact with me because you need salvation, text me. I'll get it. I'll hear the beep and get it. If you just want to chit-chat, I don't have time to chit-chat. I don't like to chit-chat. I'm not a psychologist trying to win friends and influence people. I'm going to say that again. I'm not a psychologist. If Jesus was a psychologist, he would not preach that lesson. He preached and tell the people to eat his flesh and drink his blood. He knew in advance they would leave. He is not like me. I don't know who's going to backslide next. People come in and people go. And over the years, I scarcely have individuals, few individuals, including elders, would ever walk over to me after I preach a message and says, thank you, that's a message that would help me. I remember going to Jamaica one time and I needed a thank you card for Sister Lamy. You don't know who she is? I stayed in her house. Nice big house. Fantastic house. And I went to get a thank you card from this grocery store. The guy says, what? I said, I need a thank you card. He said, we got birthday cards. I said, no, thank you card. He said, we got congratulation cards, baby cards. I said, thank you card. She says, we don't have that. Maybe that's the one store, Sister Polly, that did not have thank you cards. Or don't they have thank you cards in Jamaica? I'm sure they do, but they did not have in that store. So I said, maybe nobody says thank you. I said, it's my kind of life that I live. Few times, someone will come over and say, thank you for helping me. And you know who thanked me the most? People on the outside. People I made in the mall that I say good things to. Uh, yesterday, Chandri stood there and she came up and she saw me talking to a Jamaican lady, she had a stroller and she was sitting on it. And when her son came to join her, a big strong man, he turned around and he says, blessings. I said, blessings? Do you know who I am? He says, no, I just feel like telling you, blessings. 
I say, I'm a pastor. No wonder we connect. See, there's something out there that connects. And I want, when I stand here to talk to the church, I only tell you what God needs you to, need for you to hear and what is necessary to change your life. I pray every day that God will give me direction to have the proper song service. I don't have a formula from the New Testament how they had church. I wish something was passed on to me and the Lord would tell me how to have what we call a song service or a worship service. Because a lot of songs cater for us more than it caters for God. What was last night's songs, song list? You have that still? You have last night's songs, song list? We're getting into a message. Don't worry, I've got so much to tell you. Yes, um, flash the first one up last night. Let me see. And these are all good songs. I mean, when you're a, song, when you're a band leader, you can never please the pastor 100%. Lord, won't you draw me closer to thee? Hide me in thy spirit till I like thy sea. And when life's heartache seems to conquer me, won't you draw me closer to thee? Now that's a song. It's a prayer for me. Not a worship. You call it worship because that's tradition. You know, tradition, we name things and label things. They said a worship service. Well, that's a dedication service that's a song where every child of God close your eyes and pray and when we flash it up two times and I want the joys to get accustomed to this when a song like that that everyone knows you flash it up two or three times they sing it two times take it off and let them memorize that and sing it from their hearts then the next song comes up uh, which is another one my soul thirsted for you oh God my soul thirsted for thee. It will not be satisfied with men striving. My soul. Is that a worship song? It's a kind of a prayer. And a kind of a telling God. That I'm really thirsty for him. Yes, sir. We got blessed with this chorus many a times. I'm not condemning the choruses. I'm just telling you. That when you, when you hear a song. Understand the words thereof. And sing accordingly and dedicate yourself accordingly. Yeah. I do that. Next. Uh, the next song last night we had a good time. Roll back the curtain of memory now and then. Show me where you brought me from. I can't remember you. Can you please show me where you brought me from and where I should have been? That I'm not measuring up? Please show me. I don't need him to show me. But I need him to show some of us. Because we forget where we're coming from. See, I very well know, Nadine, where I'm coming from. I'm coming from the heart of apostate religion. Their ways they have, I have given up. Their methods they use, I don't use. Because God has purged me and continue to purge me. Their little gimmicks they work out there, that's all in the flesh. That I have, I know where I'm coming from. And I don't want to go back to where I'm coming from. Do you know where you're coming from? Yes. You see, you can't come 
and eat the bread that the Lord offers and drink the cup that the Lord offers and then go back and sip on the devil's cup. You gotta make up your mind. If God be God, serve him or don't serve him at all. If I were God, I have a message I preached one time. If I were God, forget but being God. If I was a father and I have six kids, three boys and three girls, and I have principles that I establish in my home. See, my mom, she had nine kids. Six o'clock in the afternoon, everybody is home. You can go play games and all of that, but outside. We played not video games. The kids today are messed up with video games. But back there, we had less evil bombarding us. Mom, at six o'clock, when you hear that gate is, is knocking, you're coming in, you've got to be home. Tidy up, clean up, and ready for nighttime prayer before you go to bed. Yes. That's why I'm in the ministry today. That's why I am sane. Mm -hmm. Now look at me. Is that red shoes? Is that white shoes? Is the pants white? Short red? No. I dress like a gentleman. Do I look like I had a haircut, Brother Raleigh? I still can't find a barber that pleases me. So you might got to start back again. But I look like I have a haircut today. Because I'm a guy. I take a shower every day because I believe in being hygienic. I know when to rise up and when to go to bed. Now a chantry comes and says, Dad, wake up. Time to wake up. No, never. The birds don't wake me up. I know when to wake up. I know when to go to work. I know how to be on time. It is not in my nature to be late ever. I'm a Christian. Yes, sir. When you're a Christian, you develop a sense of responsibility because you take on the spirit of the Lord Jesus in your life. But no matter how you preach to a church, I'm looking here, and if I were God, and I know who is going to leave the church, if I know, if I'm God, and I know. In a few days, a couple of months, Sister Dorothy is going to go, Sister Alta is going to backslide, uh, James is going to leave, and Dwayne is going to leave. I already see that as a loss. Would I invest in what I know is going to go away? No, I'd have a human attitude. But God knew, and Jesus knew, that when he preached a message, like he did in John, that many of his disciples would leave him and walk no more with him. And what he did, he preached it anyways. Yes. See, the truth 
would either set you free or the truth would condemn you when you stand before God. And when Paul had spent time preaching to these churches and he stood there and he's writing to these churches, he says, I marvel, verse 6, chapter 1, he says, I marvel that you are so, so soon removed. Stop going after Paul that called you into the grace of Christ and you've twisted the gospel and you've gone to another gospel. This Bible is a wonderful book to have. But men were saved in the early church without having a Bible. What they had was God. What they had was ministers whose minds God touched. See, one day Peter told, uh, Peter told uh, uh, the, the saints in Acts, he says... We need people to do the chores in the church. He says, we cannot. I'll turn to Acts. I'm leaving Galatians. I'm turning to Acts. I think I want the fourth or fifth chapter of sixth chapter. Um, sixth chapter. Uh, Peter said, then he, the twelve, he called, then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them. The twelve apostles called the multitude of the people unto them, and they said unto them, It is not reason that we in the ministry should leave the word of God and serve tables. All they were doing is giving food to the poor Hebrew and Greek women. People that were poor, they were there to, to, to serve tables. I was telling Nadine and Chandra the other day that ever so often I see a young man walk on Lakeshore. He looked like he's Somalian. He's big and he walks and he doesn't have a lot to walk with. And then he would go and collect cans, empty cans so he can get maybe five cents for each can. I'm not sure how much he gets, but he walks down there He's dirty, shabby, and I look at him, and every time I bump into him, I'd call him, and he comes over, and I reach down, and if it's my last five dollars, I feel accomplished giving him. Say, have something to eat. If I was wealthy enough, I'll take him off the street. Put some clean clothes on him. Change his life. Give him a purpose in life than to just get up in the morning and wander down the street. And he is one of millions of individuals that's got no life in this world. And you and I cannot be just a church gathering to sing praises and feel happy and, and do our stuff. When there are individuals out there that are dying. Yes, sir. And Jesus knew that when he preached that message today, a lot would stop following him. And he said uh, here in, in Acts the sixth chapter, Peter says we shouldn't, he says, we should not be serving tables. 
See, the pastor should not be the one climbing ladders. The pastor should not be fixing the church door. The pastor should not... You see, Sister Chandri told me today, she says, I need to come this week if you drop me to church and clean the dining room. I said, no, you're not. She don't need to clean the dining room. She can scarcely survive. I sat there last night and looked at her. And I remember when we got married and she was young, healthy at that time. A little bit, not too well, but she was healthy at that time. And she would walk with a little dignity. You remember Indy? Indy would come and she would scratch my head. How old were you, seven? She was about seven years old, eight years old. And she would come and scratch my head. Can I scratch your head? And she would scratch my head and says, okay, I'm finished. Can you sing that song for me now? And I'll sing a song for her because she worked for it. A little girl was waiting for her daddy one day. It was time to meet him when she heard her mommy say, Come to me, my darling. Please do not cry. Your daddy's gone to heaven way up in the sky. And then the little girl sings, How far is heaven? When shall I go to meet my daddy? He's there, I know. How far is... And India would have me sing that over and over and over for a little scratch head. But I looked at Chandri last night and remembered the days when she was young and active. And that's how many years ago? From 1971. 53 years ago. She has stuck it out with me. I'm not the easiest person to stick out with. She has stuck it out. She is faithful. And I know there are days when she's not well. And she still turns up and sits in that chair. And she's in charge. Years ago today, she'll be at the emergency. But now she's trusting God a little more than trusting the doctors. I look at her faithfulness over 53 years. And in her early marriage, in her early marriage, she was stubborn and I was stubborn. She liked to have her way. You know, rich man's daughter pampered and stubborn, and I was stubborn. And we clashed a lot of times. But the th amazing thing is, when we clashed one time, we didn't clash again. And I thank God for her faithfulness. I thank God for every one of you that's faithful in this church over the years. And yeah, I thank God for you being faithful. Sister Cindy, when I came here, I found you. And you were faithful. Sister Monica, I remember when you came on in. Uh, Sister Phillips, I thank you for being faithful. Amen. I told her this morning, I said, I'm going to try to catch up with your ears. <laughs> She's in her 90s. Mm -hmm. Remember the first time I visited Sister Monica's house, and she might not even remember this. Her son, Venton, took me to visit her. She was not coming to church. And I went and I said, 
Sister Monica, I call you Sister Monica. You remember that day? You can't remember. But I walked into our house. Venton says, Mom, this is Brother Singh. I said, Sister Monica, I hope you can come to church. She says, no, I'm not going to go to church. She told me that. And when she has a bold statement like that, I knew she would be in church. And in time, God saved her and brought her in. When God is saving you, you're being saved to stay. Amen. Amen. Yes. Sister Kay, no one ever tells you this, but the staff of this church can survive, right, Sister, right, Sister Cindy? Without Kay being there. Amen. And I look at you and I know when you're well, and I look at you and know when you're not well. Yes. And in spite of your trials and troubles that you face, I'm glad that you're here. I remember when Sister Pat's family all left this church. Big family left the church. Brother, sister, mom, dad, and she stayed. Faith to endure unto the end. How can we ever be unthankful to Sinbad and Pam? I might not call your name today, but how can we ever be unthankful? There's not a time, 90% of the time, when I come one hour before church, they're ahead of me. And I'm coming for church for 6.30, to be here 6.30 on a Wednesday night. And Sinbad and Pam are here. And you ask them, what time did you leave to come? 4 o'clock. They leave home 4 o'clock to take the subway and to travel to come. And you know, I'll tell you what. You know why I'm saying this? Because the faithful in this church, their faithfulness will judge the unfaithful. Those of you that think this is just a joke and you're not going to be committed, those that are faithful, their faithfulness will be a standard and a warning against you and a judgment against you that are unfaithful. See, God does not take excuses. He thinks faithfulness is most important. And Peter and, and the twelve disciples, they decided they shouldn't serve tables. They needed to, what it says, wherefore, look, he says, uh, verse 3, Wherefore, look ye out among yourselves, seven honest men of uh, good report. They're going to appoint ushers. And to be an usher, you don't get politically employed or appointed. That is why the church today is suffering, because politically we appoint people, politically we put people in different offices, politically we put them in, because we want, you know, to show like a good thing is going on. If you're not saved, you don't need to sit in any department. You need to get saved. He says, honest men, full of the Holy Ghost. I'm not talking speaking in tongues. I'm talking the real thing. You see, someone says, I got the Holy Ghost. Well, if you have the Holy Ghost, it will lead you into truth. And the most important truth that you should understand is the truth about yourself. No scripture will save you. 
if you don't know the truth about yourself. Am I sincere? Am I a liar? Am I a hypocrite? Am I, do I pray enough? Do I, am I dedicated enough? The truth about yourself will start to help to save you. And Peter says, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Every young person in this church that is 35 years and under, say wisdom. Say that again. Every young person in this church, 35 years and under, say wisdom. Say it now like you got some life. I only hear one voice. Can we try it again? Wisdom. Now I'm hearing two. <laughs> try it again. Wisdom. One, two, three. Try it. Wisdom. Wisdom. Everybody in the church now say that. Wisdom. You don't buy that at Dollarama. Wisdom comes by a connection with God and an understanding that's beyond subtlety. Subtlety is not wisdom. Craftiness is not wisdom. Head knowledge is not wisdom. Wisdom is that you know how to live, how to walk, how to live in midst of an ungodly society. You know how to deal with people. You know how when to speak and when not to speak. And as we move towards the end of this life, and it says, Wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And verse 4, we, the apostles, the pastors, the elders, the preachers, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the world. The early church apostles did nothing else but pray and preach. And someone says, well, we want the church to change around. It ain't going to change unless you change. What are you saying? What are you saying? We don't like you. Guess what? Excuse my English, but me don't like me either. And if I knew who was going to leave... I'll be prejudiced in dealing with you, but I don't know who is going to leave. Jesus said the publicans and the harlots will enter into the kingdom before the religious people. I don't know who will be saved. I don't know if the one that looks like a rebel would end up in the kingdom. I pray for Melody. When Winston comes in, I pray for Winston. Anyone that comes through these doors, I feel you need to be prayed for. Because I don't know who will be saved. And I want to thank every one of you that are faithful over the years. For being faithful. Some of you that don't ever miss a service. Thank you for being there. I like to thank people. I like to appreciate people because that's why I'm here. I like to 
be valuable and I know I'm not this charismatic person that you would try to win friends and influence people. No, you need me? When you need a doctor, what you do? You go to him. When you need me, come to me. Sometimes I have a situation that I know of and I'm waiting for someone to show up to talk to them about it, even though they might not like what I'm about to tell them. But that's a job God has given me. He's given me a message that like Jeremiah, I want to say, Lord, I will not preach anymore in your name. I pray that God will continue to strengthen us, continue to help us. And so here in Acts chapter 20, Paul, as he's drawing close to the end of his life, he's making some statements quickly. And I'll finish this off here in a few minutes. He says in Acts chapter 20, verse 28, uh, he said here, verse 27, I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now, I'm telling you what Paul says. And now I'm going to tell you what I say. Okay? Stop reading what Paul says. I'm going to tell you what I say. I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God over these past years. And then Paul went on, he says, verse 28, Take heed therefore to yourselves. I want to tell you, not Paul, I am telling you. Man, you got to start living right. I'm telling everyone in this church and everyone listening to me, you got to do something about your dedication and commitment. Don't put God in your little emotional world that he has to fit into your agenda. You can take those songs off. Thank you. Oh, you got a scripture. I thought you said that a song up there. Okay. Take heed unto yourself. It's me and my dedication. A lot of times we do things to please us. We need ushers. Don't build your little world that puts you on the pedestal in your little society. Listen to me carefully. Don't build a little world with you as the God of it. Well, I like a world where everybody likes me. I wish that too. But they did not like Jesus. They did not like Peter. They did not like Paul. They did not like Jeremiah. Why would I try to get them to like me? If you like the word of God I preach, that's good enough for me. And I told you, I live in a world where few people would come and tell me, thank you. Brother Dan would do that. Where is Brother Dan? He would do that. Every so often comes and says, thank you for that message. He would tell all y'all when you get up. Brother Dan has a way. He comes and tells you, thank you. That's good. You got a little world you're building? And when church is over, you've gone to your little world. 
Peter's Paul says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Ghost. He's talking to elders here, and he says, Over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God which is purchased with his own blood. I believe this church, the elect children of God sitting in this church, were purchased with the very blood of Jesus when he died. And that is why I'm concerned that I don't lead you into the ditch. That is why Nadine, band leader, has this mental problem trying to please me. It's not me. Is that I want to please God and I want us to be able to please God. Did the early church have a little band, whether they had one trumpet or whatever? Did they have the music? Did they have to carry on the thing and pump it up? I would like to see the day come when God can move in the church without the music. I can say it like this. The God we serve needs the music. That sounds funny, right? Yeah? Does the God we serve need the music? No. Does his spirit need to be pumped up? No. A brother told me one time, he says, Brother Singh, a young man that I worked with for many, many years, and... Um, he was an amazing young man. Um, I saw him many, many years ago, and he told me one day, uh, I got a letter in the mail, and it was from this young man. Years after I saw him, I was working with a certain church, and he was there, and years after, maybe two, 15 to 20 years after, I got a letter with $40 US inside. And he says, Brother Singh, I felt like sending this money to you because when I used to receive the offering in the local church, I took 40 bucks while I was transporting the offering into the office. 40 bucks I took, and it bothered me for these many years. Now, 20, I think he took. Took 20. 20 dollars, he said, but I'm feeling. I was not a pastor. I was just one member in the church. But I appreciate his feeling. He says, I felt like sending you an extra 20 to compensate. Here's $40 replaced back. For a man to be honest enough to tell me that, he's got a good future. Of course, the devil led, led him into a church. And he says, I found a good church, Brother Singh. I said, sure, you did? He said, yes, I found a good church. Everybody in that church speaks in tongues as soon as service starts. What would I tell him? I said, I'm glad you found a good church. Everybody speaks in tongues as soon as the service starts. Is that contrary to scripture? It's absolutely contrary to scripture. But he gets goosebumps. And that church has all kinds of diseases, just like we have. No difference, because they pamper themselves, and they pretend they've got God, and we can do that also, instead of pointing our fingers, point our hands inward. And Peter said, when the Holy Ghost has raised you up to be any form of leader, 
Take heed unto yourself. Remember, the church belongs to Christ. For this I know, Paul says, and this is very sad, he says, after I'm gone, that grievous wolves would come in from the outside. You'll be surprised to know when Brother Goodwin died, all the people that never liked him came to the meeting. All the people that didn't like him showed up. They said, well, the Lord is healing the body. You see, to heal a body means that the body is sick. Do you need healing when you're well? No. I was preaching in Michigan, and I was finished preaching, and I, I'm heading out because I want to get back here in time. You know, we went on a Saturday, so I want to get back here, so be in church on Sunday. And a man, he says, where are you going, Brother Singh? Short little preacher. I can't remember his name now. He says, where are you going? I said, I'm heading out. He says, I want to have a word with you. And I came out, Brother Carrington was with me. And the man says, for years, Brother Goodwin and I were buddy. But he was such a strong-spirited man that it's either his way or the highway. If you didn't like what he says, get lost. You take it or leave it. He says, and you know, we were friends and we had to part ways because he was too strong-spirited. And for years, I thought his whole work is corrupted until today you stood up and spoke. He says, I want to tell you that you just changed my mind after years. Now, it's not what I spoke, but God touched his mind. And let him know that there is a God that's building the work of God. All right, and Paul went on here, he says, grievous wolves will come on in, uh, not sparing the flock. People will try to come and get you to do contrary to what has been taught for years. He says, also among your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after themselves. You know, if I die today, I worry about the future of the church. I know I got Brother Sam, I got Brother John, I got Brother Raleigh, I got Brother Dan. I don't know where Brother Moses is gone to. And Brother, Brother, Brother Thomas is working. Got some elders. But I don't know if I die, what's gonna happen? I'm not sure, I'm not sure. If someone take the leadership, if the others would persecute him. I'm not sure. I wish I had the answer. I am not sure. Someone says, God buries his workmen, but carries on his work. It's not a strong statement we use for years. I disagree with it. 90%, 10%, it does. When God buried Paul, the work got buried too. When God buried Jeremiah, Israel went to hell. When Isaiah came, they all went to hell all the time. When God, when, when men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tears among the wheat. Sometimes we take a statement because it's made 
and we run with it. I was telling Brother Terry, for years we preach, uh, we are born in sin, shapen and iniquity. If you find that scripture, we are born in sin, shapen and iniquity, I'll give you a thousand dollars. Guyanese, I mean Canadian. <laughs> Somebody said it and everybody ran with it. Do you know what it really scripture says? We were shapened in iniquity and in sin did our mother conceive us. But someone says something and everyone runs with it. I want to tell you that God is building the church and Paul was concerned that when he was gone that the church, every pastor is concerned when he's gone what will happen to the work. Spoke to Brother Richard this morning. He's concerned what will happen to the work. You talk to Brother Glenn or somebody else. They're all concerned when they die. What will happen to the work? I'm concerned when I die. What will happen to the work? I hope he doesn't go to hell while I'm alive. Paul says, watch therefore. And remember that for the space of three years I warn you. That's what Paul said. I want to say... Watch therefore. Listen, congregation, watch therefore. For the space of 42 years, I warned you. Paul is talking to the Ephesians after three years of preaching. I preached to this church for 42 years. You've got so much knowledge, so much wisdom passed on to this church. Don't ignore it. Today, I know I'm not really running all over the scripture, and, but I'm done preaching. And once again, I want to say thank you um, for um, listening. Thank you for being a part of the work of God. Thank you for opening your hearts and let me talk to you. I believe when Paul stood up, this is the kind of talk he gave. Maybe that's why somebody did not decide to keep it. I believe that messages like this that you've heard today will save you. And so today, I'm glad that you've joined us, whether online or personally sitting here in the congregation, and I want to pray with you. Father, we give you thanks today for this time we spent in your house. God, I bring myself before you first of all. Help me not to lead these innocent lives and saints of God, whether here or overseas, in a contrary path. Teach me your ways, Father. Help me to walk in your steps, Lord Jesus. Let the church be built on the foundation you want it to be built. Those of us, as we age, Father, strengthen our bodies. Thank you for those who have been faithful over the years. Help them to continue to be faithful, even unto their last breath. We ask in Jesus' wonderful name and for his glory. Amen and amen. You following us in line, thank you and bye.